The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Chris Statos. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Albrecht, codenamed Death Probe. And he's DJ Chris Statos, and all the green shirts tuning in for this podcast. We want to welcome everyone to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through The Devil's Due Run. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Cristados and I, we usually rotate in a special ops guest for the show. And for this episode, our special ops guest is, well, you guys, everybody out there in the chat. So that would include the Hyper Potato and Kathleen424, G.I. Gary, Anything Joe's, Greg Engel. Those are all the folks in the chat at this moment. So welcome to Fort Longbox, everybody in the chat. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to DJ Cristados for this episode's Intelligence Report. All right. Well, for this mission, we'll be covering G.I. Joe number 27. Publisher was Devil's Due. Cover date, February 2004. The writer was Brandon Jerwa. Penciler was Tim Seeley. Inker is Corey Hampshire. Colorist is Brett R. Smith, and letters is Dreamer Designs. Cover art goes to Tim Seeley, Andrew Papoy, and Val Staples. And speaking about the cover, Death Probe, please take us through the cover description. Take cover! It's ninja time. The cover features a dual knife-wielding snake eyes dressed in a long, warm coat because he's in some snow-covered mountains. In the foreground, we see the hand of a red-clad ninja holding a katana, seemingly sneaking up on Snake Eyes. There's your cover description, Pat. Thanks, Jared. So let's find out what you guys think of the cover. And we'll start with Jared. Well, Pat, this is a real striking cover. That's something that one of the folks in the chat had already mentioned when we first logged in. And it was Kathleen, and she said this cover was very striking. And I agree. It's a striking cover. It doesn't have a lot of dynamic energy. It's fairly static, but it doesn't need it. It's like a quiet moment. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a really good drawing of snake eyes from the back. It's got a good background. And then, you know, those of us old school Joe fans, we see the red ninja outfit and we go, Oh, red ninjas. Those are, you know, a Mm -hmm. staple of Joe stuff. So I think even though it's not high energy, it's high suspense. Yeah. I think it's really cool. What about you, Pat? I kind of like it. I think with the long trench coat that he's wearing, it's kind of cool. I wouldn't picture him looking really cool in a trench coat, but he does. It's very like matrixy. Yeah, that's a good good way of putting it. I think so too. It's very matrixy. And I like that he's got his blades ready to go and they got the spikes on him. And he got a ninja blade just waiting to chop him in the back. And I think it really plays off of the background, the snow background. I agree. I agree. Uh, looking into the chat. Some thoughts on the cover. We have Kathleen who says she loves it and ninjas are hot. Who knew? Who knew? Anything Joe says, I do like this cover, even though Snake Eyes is clearly expressing how very little concerned he is about one single red ninja. (laughs) He's being very casual. G.I. Gary says it's a cover that would get you to pick it up. 
You know, you see it up there on the rack. You go, ooh, I mean, it's G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes, Red Ninja. I, I can see that. G.I. Gary has already mentioned a score in the chat. I welcome anyone else to put a score into the chat as we are going to move into the scoring portion of the cover, and I'll pass it back to Pat for that. So how would we rate this cover? We're going to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10 flag points, 1 meaning that you didn't like it at all, and 10 meaning it's perfect and you should make a recruiting poster out of it for the Red Ninja Clan or just awesome black trench coats. If you were selling black trench coats like that, Mm -hmm. would you make that your, you know? Hey, Christmas is coming. Time to get these black trench coats. Yeah, you like this image with some falling snow and like a Christmas song behind it. You know, and Snake Eyes is kind of working the runway, the trench coat. Yep, it's just becomes red ninja, just singing around with their blade. That's off the cuff here. All right, well, let's go ahead and find out how we would rate this one. Jared, one to ten flag points. How many you got? Man, I got to tell you, if Joe November was here, mm-hmm. he'd probably give it an 8.5 because I'm on the high end. Okay. I'm at an 8 plus. I'm going to push it to the 9. I'm going to give it a 9 because I don't think I've ever seen Snake Eyes in the long coat before. If it's happened in the earlier Marvel years, I missed it. So this is a unique look for him. And as I mentioned earlier, I kind of like the suspense that the cover gives you. Not so much bombastic action, yeah, but in your face. Yeah, I like the suspense feel that it gives. I think it's a real unique take. So I'm going to bump it up to a nine. What about you, Pat? I've been kind of feeling what you are saying there as well. It does bring that feel of suspense that I want to open this up and figure it out, especially after following issue 26, where it was just a, a I want to call it a one-off, but it was a, you know, it was a brand new page, a brand new beginning for Joe. And so I want to read more about what's happening. And I think this cover makes you do it. So I'm giving it a nine as well, too. I talked myself up to a nine. Talked himself into a nine. All right. Looking in the chat, G.I. Gary gives it an eight. Kathleen says, I would definitely take a look inside based off this cover. And she gives it a nine. Anything Joe says, I also give this an eight. It's cool, but it doesn't make me want to buy a new coat. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. Hyper Potato, our friend Kirk says, wasn't Snake wearing his warm and fuzzies in Marvel's number two? Yes, there is a winter gear version of Snake Eyes yeah. from two. And I think they even made a figure of it. And I think I have it. That's um, a cool one, too. But he was in like the blue. It was in like a more bulky coat with a fur yeah. collar. This is definitely more of the Matrix era that we're seeing here. So, yes, Kirk, we have seen him in winter gear before, but not this particular look. G.I. Gary makes an interesting comment, says the coat is what tells you that devils do put a little more style over the military substance. Mm. And I do feel the style of this, but I do want to play like defense attorney for devils do a little bit on that. In that, you know, having been in the military, I've had the long black coat. There's an actual long black coat as part of the uniform. Would it be for your dress stuff, though? Yeah, you you normally wear it over your dress. That is true. To be honest with you, I never had one in the Air Force. Uh, I think it was much more of an Army thing. I'm certain Jason had one. I know my father had one because I inherited my father's and wore it for many years. And in fact, recently I found one at a yard. I live in an Army community, so I found one at a yard sale, the long black coat that fits my son. So now he's rocking the long black trench coat. And <laughs> and, and G.I. Gary says, may I call the yard sale? And I'm not saying, I don't want to say that Gary's wrong. 
Because I think his overall thought that this run puts a little bit more style over the military because, you know, Larry Hama was more military grounded Mm -hmm. than these writers are going to be. So I don't think that Gary's wrong at all. I think there is more style than military in this run. But I just wanted to play defense attorney for the the black coat. It's all about the black coat this issue. Yeah, apparently. That's all we're going to talk about now. Kirk, the hyper potato, says he wears the long black coat and nothing else. So that's, that's, okay, let's move on. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking about moving on with the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. On G.I. Joe Chronicles, we like to mix things up a bit. I'm going to have DJ Crisados poll the randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? It's up to Crisados to poll that lever. All right, here it goes with the live poll. The lever has chosen Joe. Joe it is. Let's go. Look in the eyes of a hero. And see the sacrifice within There's no way out for the hero He only lives to fight again A hero says all not for fortune or fame Protect freedom cause we all just wanted the same it's one of my longer synopsis because there's a lot to happen in this book. So everybody try to stay with me on this. Cobra Commander and Storm Shadow are rumored to be in Tibet under the protection of the Red Ninja Clan led by a man named Sai Ten. Meanwhile, it seems like Destro is getting his house in order. He's made peace with his son and is allowing Lillian to hang about as he, Baroness Tomax, and Zaymok continue to plan for Cobra's future, which includes a discussion about what to do with the traitorous Dr. Mindbender who was found holed up on Cobra Island. Back to the Red Ninja Clan. It seems that Snake Eyes planted Chebang into the Red Ninja Clan long ago without telling anyone. And Hawk was not pleased about that. But he sends his best cold weather team, Alpine, Snowjob, Iceberg, and Frostbite, to deliver his best ninja team, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, Jinx, and Kamakura, to the Red Ninja Clan HQ. Sai Ten, instead of using his superior numbers to defeat the Joe team, Ops for representative combat and challenges Snake Eyes to a one-on-one duel. Guess how that went? You already know. Unfortunately, Cobra Commander and Storm Shadow escaped in the chaos. And another wrinkle, because Snake Eyes defeated Saiten, he is now the leader of the Red Ninja Clan. Back at home, General Gibbs reveals that he has Serpentor in a state of suspended animation. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Ooh. Okay, now it's time for some highs and lows of the issue. Pat, yes. high and low, or what the? What do you got? Round one, fight. I'm going to go with a what the for this first round. And it's just me because you know when I'm reading names, I pronounce them differently than probably most people do. <laughs> so I'm glad you read that so I could hear somebody else's take on... <laughs> Sai Ten or Chebang? Yes. <laughs> so Sai Ten, I'm like, okay, this guy's red and he lives in the underground. Is he trying to be Satan? <laughs> that never crossed my mind. That's the way I was reading. I'm like, uh, well, you know, that's you know? a great question. We'll have to put in our memory banks for uh, when and if we get Brandon uh, Jerwa on the show. And I didn't know how to say Taibang, Chebang, Chebang. Chebang. That's uh, how I say it. T apostrophe J bang. To me, that says Chebang. 
she bang, she bang, <laughs> she move, she move. Yeah, I didn't. I just called him Bang T Bang. Do you remember the know. figure? Do you remember the Chibang figure? Because when they mentioned him, I was like, I have a vague memory of that guy. I do have a vague memory of of seeing him, uh, but boy, it's been such a long time. Even with the figure, I buy in, in the comics, so it was interesting to see them do that pullback. And what was cool about it is that you have Snake Eyes being a part of it and planting him into the red ninja clan like that you know Ow. let's let's get into that discussion yeah. real quick pat okay so snake eyes has the forethought to put shebang in as like a mole into red mm-hmm. ninja right and then hawk's mad about it and on one hand i'm like yeah hawk's a commander he needs to know these things but on the other hand i'm like well i get the feeling the whole shebang thing was done while joe was disbanded and basically it snake was. eyes was taking care of business when nobody else was it, he was yeah so, so screw you hawk you you <laughs> You didn't well, have but a then, team going on. This was Snake Eyes trying to take care of business when nobody else was taking care of business. So, yeah. But Hawk does say, okay, that's fine that you did that. But then once we got together, we gave you these cool wristband communicator things, and you gave him one of those without mm. telling us. Oh, I, I did forget that detail. I think that's what he was really mad about is that, hey, you gave him this piece of equipment, and now the guy's in trouble. If we would have known about that, we could have been a little more prepared to help him out or what have you. But, you know, it's a, I'm tossed up because they would have known about it. Would that have blown his cover yeah. somehow? I, I thought it made for an interesting dynamic, at least. And we'll see the fallout of that. I yeah, I did think that was very cool weaving. So now you got some tension going on internally between some team members, especially, you know, Snake Eyes and Hawk. Seeing him, I don't did he, was he saluting like at the end? When he asked him if, you know, do you understand this? And then did he kind of just do a rigid salute and then walked out? Let me refer to my custom hardbound mm, copy yes. by Omaha Bound Comics. The, you said the, that was the end of the conversation. If I'm that was the end of the conversation. And then he walks out. He, yeah, he was like, Snake, um, Eyes, Snake Eyes was not pleased because they showed his body like tense up. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what he was and doing. That, I didn't I remember know if he that just part. Like, I don't remember if he dropped the salute or not. Well, I didn't see him drop a suit. I just saw him kind of just kind of get, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was like, because Hawk asked him, can you put aside your feelings for a corrupted friend and do the job? Because he got on him for letting Storm Shadow go the last time. They yeah. Met. Yeah. And did. Snake Eyes had a visual tensing. You know, he's basically he's in a rock and a hard place, you know. Mm-hmm. He wants to do right by the Joes, but he wants to do right by his brother Tommy as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, on top of that, Hawk puts Scarlet in command mm-hmm. of the mission, what makes it even more interesting dynamic. Definitely. Well, you've gone too long on your highs and lows, so I'm cutting you off, as I usually have to do. <clears throat> <laughs> I will take my first round high, as I'm certain you know, it could generate even more discussion. What a cool kind of twist ending. Right, Snake Eyes is now in control of the Red Ninja Clan. Yeah, because Saiten's a moron and mm-hmm. and didn't press his obvious. I mean, the Joe team was losing; they were straight up losing that battle. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they had four really good fighters, but Saiten had like I don't know fifty, a hundred guys. <laughs> you know, everybody around him. Yeah, and I, I give Saiten credit for like being honorable and, and making it honorable representative combat. But dude, strategically bad move. I just thought it was a cool twist. Like, okay, that's a great story idea on Brandon's part. Mm-hmm. What if Snake Eyes became the leader of the Red Ninja Red Clan? Ninjas. 
Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunity there. That was a, a good twist on it because I'm like, well, is he going to do it? Is he not going to do it? And so he does it. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, Ninja Force is back. Ninja Force. We're going to talk a little bit about Ninja Force later on in the okay. episode. <laughs> Something about my toy chest. Let me check in with the chat and see what they've been saying sure. about the story. Anything Joe's says, you think Shebang was like, nah, I don't want to do that. But he couldn't really say anything because of his vow of silence. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's funny. I saw that comment as it was coming in earlier. And I thought, oh, yeah, I forgot Shebang had taken a vow of silence until anything Joe's mentioned it in the chat. That would explain why I didn't say anything in this issue. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Joe's also puts a joke in at DJ Christados's expense and calls him Saipants 10. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk says, could it be Satan in his church lady voice from Saturday Night Live, which is funny. G.I. Gary also jumps on the vow of silence. He has no problem pronouncing his name because of his vow of silence, so Chebang doesn't have to worry about pronunciation. Kathy says she's too chatty for a vow of silence. And then for some reason in the chat that people started talking about, I'm so fancy. I can't imagine why. It might be due to my custom-made hardbound volume two of this full full run. Uh, G.I. Carey says he wants to see the bylaws for the Red Ninja Clan. (laughs) And anything Joe says, at the request of no one, it's the return of Ninja Force. (laughs) (laughs) Kirk also says, little known fact, honorary member of the Red Ninja Clan, Vanna White. Who knew that Vanna White was an honorary member of the Red Ninja Clan? Interesting. It is fascinating. He might have made that up. So anyway, now we'll push it back to Pat for the second and quote unquote final round, even though he does what he wants. What do you think, Pat? High, low, what the? You know, I'm going to give it to the art in this and the panel constructions that were going on. Mm -hmm. As I was reading through, I had to stop and think, looking at the pages, I was like, you know, there's some really cool pages in here. What they do is they color the whole background page is like black, which you don't see a lot. That sets the mood for this store because it is kind of a somber, darkery kind of a feel to it, especially once they enter into the cave of where the mm-hmm. red ninjas kind of hang out. Yeah, I thought once they got into the cave, especially that worked. And that's where they do the majority of it because mm-hmm. there's no light inside, <laughs> inside of a cave other than the torches and stuff. I thought it was really set the mood. Good catch on that, Pat. There's a page in there where the team is landing as a parachute out of the plane. And that, for the background, you have that snowy moteness, and that kind of fills out the whole page. And then they have panels all over that for what's going on. And that's a great shot of this, that ninja blade just kind of sitting there in the snow and snake eyes in his trench coat kind of walking up to it. It's like... You know, oh, yeah, something's going to happen now. Absolutely. I also like the little cuts they did to the mountaineering and cold weather team. Mm -hmm. You know, there's guys there that don't get a lot of love, like Iceberg. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Alpine, Frostbite. Yeah, Iceberg and Frostbite were the the two that I was thinking that don't get a lot of love. I mean, Alpine got a fair amount of love in the cartoon, especially. Mm -hmm. And Snow Job, like, Snow Job is probably the first Joe you think of when you think of winter ops. Yep. But Iceberg and Frostbite getting a little limelight? I don't like that. Yeah, I like that. I like that they use them. And they use them as the cover team. Because uh-huh. they're going to be out waiting for the insurgent team to go in. And 
then you had a good team mixed too with Jinx and Kamakura. You know what, though, looking deeper than I probably should, I thought, well, you know, Hawk was like, well, I'm going to put Scarlet in charge because Snake Eyes, you've been making some bad decisions, <laughs> basically, right? <laughs> yeah. And she can be a little more level-headed about that, and I agree with that. But then, like, it's kind of Snake Eyes' team because, like, Jinx is from his clan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Kamakura is his protege. Yeah. So it's like, oh, Scarlet, you're in charge of this, but these are really Snake Eyes and his people, <laughs> you know? But... You know what? Scarlet's a tremendously good field leader, so she did, I, she did pretty well. So, and he says, if something happens, you can arrest him if he doesn't do what <laughs> needs to be done. It's like, really? Yeah. She's going to arrest her fiancé. Yeah. She's going to arrest. Kabakura and Jinx are going to let that happen? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I can, you know, we did see that Kamakura can't take down Scarlet in an earlier issue. That's a good point. But, come on, Scarlet and Snake Eyes in a battle? Nah. Nah. You know, maybe he would just, you know, fold and just say, okay, I'm going to do what you do. And, you know, because I love you, baby. Yeah, he probably would. Yeah. Because he loves and respects her. But luckily, it didn't come down to that. It makes a good reason why. You just said it. Because he loves and respects her. That's probably why Hawk put him in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He knows his team members. Yeah. Two things from the Cobra side that I enjoyed, Pat. I enjoyed seeing Destro put the house in order. Mm, yes. He's basically given his son... A clean slate that his son, who was being an imposter of Destro, and they even referenced that in here way back in issue two, I think it was. Yep. His son posed as Destro for several issues. He's clean slated him, and then his son's girlfriend, Lillian, he's keeping a watchful eye on her, making sure that nope. she's who she Not. claims. But, like, you know, he's taking his time, putting his house in order, and being more methodical. Yeah, it's just not as crazy as Commander is. Yeah, that's, that's where I was going not, with that. You know, he's more, like you said, methodical. Thinks about his plays. He's a good chess player. Yeah. I Where Cobra Commander would be more like shooting off the hip and just pew, 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 let's just get this done and do all this and let's make it big and interesting. And yeah. So I liked that part of the Cobra story. And the other part I liked was the escape. Once again, Cobra Commander and Storm Shadow escape. And they do it in a fairly clever way. They have a, this big force show up. And so everyone's focused on, oh, my gosh, this big force. They're here to rescue the commander and Storm Shadow, and we're outnumbered. Because, I mean, they had, like, I don't know, a dozen helicopters or something mm-hmm. all coming in. And yeah, there was, was like, four Joes on the side of the mountain going, oh, I guess we're going to die now. Let's go down fighting. But it turned out to be for the best for the Joes because the force was a feint. It was, like, it was a fake thing to get everybody mm-hmm. focused on that while Cobra Commander and Storm Shadow slipped out the back door Ooh. under a cover just dressed as Raiden. Uh, from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's true. They were looking <laughs> like great. <laughs> so I liked all that as well. Checking in with the chat. Kathleen wants to borrow my book because it's fancy. G.I. Gary says, Jerwa knew how to use the roster of characters like Blaylock. And I agree. We mentioned that yes. last episode, the le- episode that just came out, I think this week, this past week, uh, the latest episode came out and we did talk about how he used <laughs> Claymore and yep, Big Ben. You could tell Jerwa likes to go deep into the roster. I absolutely agree with you on that, Gary. And anything Joe says, haha, okay, good luck arresting Snake Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Snake Eyes ain't going to get arrested unless he wants to be or he allows it. And I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying, Pat. It was probably a smart play on Hawk's point because he's not going to let anyone arrest him with the exception of he might let Scarlet arrest him. Yeah. 
because of his own respect for her and maybe stalker because they go back. They're basically tight brothers yeah, as well. That's true. That's true. Uh, he would probably respect him enough to allow him <laughs> to, to him. escort him. Yes. Yes. Perhaps. <laughs> so anything else, uh, Pat? I do. I, I have two more things. You always do. Let's first talk about what's going on with the twins uh -huh. as they're trying to continue Cobra business, getting Cobra Island back together again. Sounds like they got some construction going on now. So I'm interested to see uh -huh. where that becomes. And is somebody going to take that over? Obviously, it's Destro. You know, they're allowing Destro to become the leader, or at least for now. But you know, Commander's going to get back in there somehow. Always. And the other thing that I liked is the, I don't know I'd call him the juggler guy. General Gibbs, the, I think. Yeah. Smart thing to do is bring some two other, you know, these other people in. And I like what he says is, you know, I'm bringing you into this. And now you know a big secret. So you really got to keep this quiet. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> something's going to happen to you. The way it comes off to me. But they got Sir Pantor in there. He's in the tube. <laughs> he says Sir Pantor. Yeah, apparently they found him off after he got kicked off a cliff. <laughs> he got kicked off a cliff. It looked pretty good for getting kicked off a cliff. You know, interesting moment as I sort of read and reread that. They never really said the name Serpentor. And so yeah. I was looking at the drawings and I was like, is that Serpentor or is that the oldest clone? Because remember, there was a clone that was a teenager. Oh, yeah. And then there was a bunch of kids. But the more I looked at this, I think that's really Serpentor. I don't think that's the oldest teenage clone. But since they never said his name, I was still like, eh, I don't know. They don't say his name, but they do tell you. Yeah, there's clues there. There's clues there of who it was and where they found him. And mm -hmm. Oh, and the other thing I'm interested in, what was Mindbender doing kind of cowered away in that little crate? <laughs> <laughs> he was hoping to lay low enough, you know, so it would all blow over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mindbender. Oh, Mindbender. You know, hiding out in a, a metal container on Cobra Island. They found him. <laughs> <laughs> in the chat, we have G.I. Gary says, Scarlet puts the furry handcuffs on Snake Eyes, <laughs> which excited Kirk. He said, you go, Scarlet. Auburn Elvis has joined the chat, and he asked, is Snake Eyes holding that upper knife right, Jared? Does the thumb go there? Eh. As a guy who's taught knife fighting in combat... I would say, no, don't put your thumb there. His other hand with the firm grasp on it is good. In fact, just to you know, show off a little bit and be more fancy, his left hand is holding what's called fencing guard, and his right hand is called reverse guard. And that's a good way to do a two-knife technique, to have one down and, and one, oh, one up. But yeah, the thumb on the blade, you know, that kind of... Maybe we're digging too deep into that, but I think that's kind of the way that Seely is saying he's being casual. He's not mm -hmm. in combat. He's just chilling out, but he's about to be in combat. And when he does, I guarantee you that thumb is about to get tucked under <laughs> as proper. Good technical knife fighting question, Auburn Elvis. Good one. And with that, I will hand it back to DJ Crisados for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue's story on the same 1 to 10 flag point scale we used earlier. So, Jared, on the story, 1 to 10 flag points, how much are you giving it? 
I'm big on this story, Pat. And mm. my Joe November moment right now is trying to pick between a nine and a ten. Mm. I like it a lot. Oh gosh. I'm feeling you too. I'm at a nine and can't go all the way to a ten because I want to see where it goes. I'll put mine out at a nine. Okay. I'm um, wrestling with this. I like the story setup that Jorwa is doing here. You know, you got three different four different things. I mean, I went through about four different things of that I'm interested in. Yeah, you've got Destro's plot thread. You've got Cobra Commander and Storm Shadow's journey. You've got Snake Eyes and the Red Ninja Clan. You've got, uh, they even go into talking about how the Dreadnoughts were traded. We didn't even get into that. The Dreadnoughts were in prison and they let them out and trade for a list of like 50 illegal arms dealers. And that was a good point too. And (laughs) where Destro says, and you gave them all my competitors, right? Yeah, basically you gave me a list of my competition. So thanks a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) That was really clever. I don't know, man. Joe November 9.5 on this all day long. I want to push it towards a 10 because I just really liked sort of the plot twist that Snake Eyes is leader of the Red Ninja Clan now. That has so much possibility. But I'm also with you. Like, I want to see what they do with it. Because I've read these before. I read this Mm -hmm. whole series. I read it live, you know, as I was going through it in the early 2000s. But it's been 20 years. Yeah. So I don't remember the details. As we started getting towards that moment, I was reading it. I went, that's when the light went on. And when I, I think Snake Eyes is about to become the leader of the Red Ninja <laughs> Clan. All right. So let me settle in. I'm going to join you at the nine. Okay. Uh, if there was some blow me away moment, although him becoming leader of the Red Ninja Clan was pretty strong. If there was maybe one more over the top moment, I would have gone with a you 10, know, but strong. Having, having Serpenter come back, or at least them find him. Mm-hmm. You know, that I, I wish I would have held back on that a little bit. Yeah, like to find him literally two issues after he had been missing. Yeah. Um, or, you know, but maybe he did it in such bit, a way, yeah. too, that he's kind of like he's not in the He's on not the on field. the table yet. Yeah, yeah, he's not on the table. He's not on the playing field yet, but obviously he could be. So, hmm. Hmm. I mean, just as a recap, Pat, we are in issue 27, mm-hmm. and I think the lowest score we've given any of the 27 issues we've covered so far is maybe a seven. If maybe. we ever went yes, that I'd, low, I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to like this whole series is flipping fantastic. It is so much fun and just what a ride. It, it's a shame. There's a lot of Joe fans out there who've skipped it, you know, who, who've, oh, well, you know, take, if it's not Larry Hamlet, it's crap. Not true. Not true. This is a fun and good series. Anyways, yeah. getting to the people in the chat. Kathleen says, just because it makes me want to read it, I would say nine could be a 10 if she did read it. So she's tantalized by what we've been talking about. And G.I. Gary says, not to lowball, but to me, it's an eight. Seely's art is terrific. And Jerwa is just getting started. And no beef with you on that, Gary. You know, I I feel you, man. That's fine. Totally fine. But yeah, Pat, I don't know that we've ever gone lower than an eight, maybe a seven. I don't. If we did, that was rarity. Yeah. Like all of our scores have been eights, nines, and tens for the vast, vast, vast majority of this run. What I like is that, you know, going back through this in 20 years, you know, mindset, just getting it in our hands at that time. And I'm looking at this as, yeah, it's not the Joe verse of the Marvel verse that we all love, but it's a good take on it and a spinoff of it that I can get into. And just go, you know, this is kind of an alternate reality version of Joe that I like. Oh, yeah. I mean, in an era where there was no Joe for a long time, 
mm-hmm. you know, being such a Joe guy, as soon as it hit the stands, I knew I was going to buy it. And I was like, is it going to be good? And I remember I said, reading it live and thinking, oh, this is really good. And the fun part about doing this podcast sort of 20 years on is we can honestly ask ourselves, was it good because we just had a void of G.I. Joe or is it really good? And I got to tell you, 27 episodes into this podcast, this series is really good. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. We've waxed their car. Yeah. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time to award this episode's Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for gallantry in action or sneaky snakeitude in this issue. This is where we each get to award a character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty or sneaky stinkiness. So, Jared, who is your Silver Star or Silver Snake? Man. Tough one. I know. There's a lot to think about in this one. You have the obvious answer of Snake Eyes, saving the day, defeating the Red Ninja Clan. All with the trench coat on. That's got to be hard fighting with the trench coat on. Yeah, got a lot of love for Destro and what he's doing. Good father moment. And taking his time and being deliberate and not being irrational and emotional as Cobra Commander tends to be. Yeah. Oof. I- I'm going to take the cheap way out. Snake Eyes is the Silver Star winner. He beats Saiten in representative combat to save the entire team and becomes the leader of the Red Ninja Clan. So, and, you know, the coat. <laughs> so, you know, says I, it there. we don't even have to rock in that coat like a yeah. boss. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that same thing. We don't even have to wait till it's time to check with the chat. Kathleen just popped in and said, Snake Eyes for rocking that coat like a boss. <laughs> and I, I gotta agree. So, Pat, what do you think? Silver Star, Silver Snake? You gonna Ooh, go for the low hanging fruit of Snake Eyes? Low hanging fruit was my nickname in college, or you got something else on your mind? Mine was high and tight, but anyway, nice. that's a different story. You know, oh boy, I don't want to take the low-hanging fruit of Snake Eyes. I'm I'm torn between two people right now. I'm torn between Hawk, because, you know, that's a tough decision to have to come in there and reprimand people that you've been fighting along their side for how long? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as a military guy, I've had to reprimand people that I didn't want to either. Sure. Because, you know, you know how good they are. But mm-hmm. they just made a mistake and needs to be fixed, you know? Yeah. So, you know what? I think that was a cool leadership move. So I'm going to give him the silver star for that one. Because, you know what? That's a good leadership move. Knowing that one of your guys needs a little help to get kind of the ship righted again. And you can see the potential. You just need to motivate him and get him, get him back. You know, and he wasn't overly berating. Mm-hmm. No, he was, he was like, no. Nope. Yep, we're straight to the point, and we'll talk about it. We'll, you know, when you get back, we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. In the chat, not only do we have Kathleen picking Snake Eyes for rocking the coat like the boss, we have G.I. Gary says Snake Eyes gets both the Sneaky Snake and the Silver Star. <laughs> I assume he's <laughs> yeah, giving the Silver true. Star for for the same reasons I did. He gives him the Sneaky Snake for putting Chebang in as a covert agent or a mole. Very clever, Gary. I would agree with that. It was a very sneaky move on Snake Eyes' part, which Hawk was not a fan of, apparently. <laughs> but, hey, makes for good drama. Hey, somebody had to do it when everybody else is running off, you know. That's right. That's right. Who else is going to keep tabs on the Red Ninja Clan if he doesn't do it? Anything Joe's also says, I give the sneaky snake to Serpentor for sneaking his way right back into the story after he got killed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. We mentioned that, too. 
I'm glad that they're sort of dangling that thread, but I agree with what you said earlier too, Pat. It may be too soon. Like, let the death of Serpentor breathe a little bit. Bring him back six, eight, ten issues yeah. down the road. Surprise! You know, it's a surprise, yeah. But, I mean, still, it does create intrigue around General Gibbs. So I'm interested to see why well, he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Could he be wanting to breed his own military leaders? Or maybe brainwash Serpentor? Like, well, yeah, I don't know. One of the great things about 20 years removed from this is I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember either. So I, I'm like, oh, I, something's going to happen with it. You know, what are you going to do? You're, you're keeping this big military mind around for some reason. Or you wanted to go grab them for some reason. I just can't believe he survived off of getting a butt kicked off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you knew he was good. He can't get rid of no Serpentor, yeah. as I call him now. Yeah, you can't do that to Serpentor. He's got pants to wear. You can't cage him. <laughs> Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've uh, awarded out our silver stars and silver snakes, let's go ahead and head on over to the toy chest and see what's in there. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. Well, thank you, Pat. In this segment, I will take something or someone featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. And for this issue, I have selected the Red Ninja. Ninja Force! The Joes lose again, Scarlet! You're the one that just rolled Snake Eyes! It's the G.I. Joe Ninja Force with real ninja moves. Here's Snake Eyes on the Ninja Lightning with thunder missiles and zip strip speed. And now Joe and Cobra Ninja Raiders Ginsu and Red Ninja spring into action in their own fast attack vehicles with a ninja surprise. G.I. Joe Ninja Lightning and Ninja Figures sold separately. Ninja Raiders come with exclusive figures available in May. Oh, we need that gold to build our ultimate weapon. The Red Ninja figure description. He has a purple mask, black pants, hot pink boots, Hot pink shirt with purple accessories. <laughs> and he came with an orange axe. Right off the bat, it's an interesting description for a character called the Red Ninja. Ninja. <laughs> he was first released in U.S. toy stores as part of the Ninja Force set in 1993, discontinued in 1994. He had a spring action hip for punching. All the Ninja Force figures had some sort of an action movement. His was spring action hip for punching. There are currently, as of this recording, which is November of 2021, there are currently seven versions of the Red Ninja. All the other six versions look a lot more true to form to what we see in the comic. The Red Ninjas you think of. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the original Red Ninja was not red. (laughs) Which is... um, Yeah. When you're sneaking around, you want people to not notice you. You want to blend in with your environment. That's true. One other factoid, Red Ninja's body was originally used in 1992 to create the character Dice. So this is basically a repaint of the Dice action figure from 1992. So, Pat, the question, did you have him? No, I did not. I don't think by the time this force was out and all that, I'd kind of started to fall away from the figures, still with the comics. But the action figures kind of fell by the side. I wish I wouldn't have, man, because, you know, I would have loved to have them. But it's a toss-up. Comics, action figures, what do you do? And Do you do? At that time, you know, I'm getting in my young age. So, you know, trying to get some ladies and, you know, just, you know, trying to make my way in this world, Jared. At least with the ladies. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting the chicks. All right, check it in with the chat. Anything Joe says, just like in real life, this picture 
he's missing his rare accessory of the axe. Apparently, it is tough to find that orange axe. Kathleen says, is, <laughs> is this flamboyant, Ninja? <laughs> <laughs> and G.I. Gary says, the 90s were as a hell of a drug. <laughs> so, yeah, it takes a lot of guts back to make a figure called Red Ninja, who is not Red. But it probably sold. We have to remember that this came out in 1993. Okay. Yep. So that means turtles are big. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Turtles are big. And so when you got turtles with their vibrant colors, they had such an influence on the toy market. I've just looked up my database because, yes, I have a personal database of my G.I. Joe figure collection to see if I have this one. And I do not. Oh. I have. 33 figures from the 1993 series, but Red Ninja is not one of them. Hopefully you can find one. Kirk says before becoming a Red Ninja, he was part of Marky Mark's Funky Bunch. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to (laughs) believe. Come on, come on. Feel it, feel it. So that's your figure for tonight. What a a bizarre figure, Pat. It is. I wouldn't have thought he'd look like that. I would be, Mm -hmm. when you said Red Ninja, I was thinking... Of the, you know, the ninja outfit. Mm-hmm. You know, in red. In red. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought they would have just taken a, an older version of Storm Shadow, perhaps, and gave him a red repaint. But apparently it took a version of Dice from 1992 and gave him a hot pink and purple repaint. It was a weird time for yeah. toys, ladies They needed to get something out there. So, eh, there you go. There's Death Probe's bizarre toy chest is the red Ninja. Like I said, though, the next six versions that they release of him all look correct. <laughs> for Red Ninja. All right. Next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. As always, we'll start off Combat Comms with a roster of our Battle Hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special long box video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Alberin Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Battle Wagon. Gary V, who I think just might be in the chat. <laughs> Gerald Green. Jason King. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman, too. Getting good at it. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Josh Strickland. Kathy Bright in the chat. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Russ Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey, 67. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. And sometimes we do them live. So join us in the chat. So, if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at lawboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. 
So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member and get my name on that awesome list of cool people? How do I do it? It's simple. It really is. You just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come and check it out. We may even make you our clan leader. You never know. Yeah, if you defeat Pat in ritual combat, mm -hmm. you become sole owner of the Longbox Crusade Network. Yeah, and it's easy to do. He's not going to put up much of a fight. He, yeah. his, he usually just rolls up yeah. in a ball and says, not in the face. Yeah. I, you know, I'm about 180 wet. <laughs> so it's pretty easy to do. Uh, we do appreciate everybody in the Crusaders Club. And uh, again, it's only a buck a month. You get behind the scenes stuff and special videos. You know, I was just looking, Pat. And I think we've released our 42nd I Finished It video series over on Patreon.com. So there's 42 videos waiting for you to watch of us just reviewing random things that we have finished. Comics, books, TV mm -hmm. shows, movies, whatever. It's kind of fun. Fun to see and fun to, for you guys to do. But... Now let's see what messages are from our platoon of loyal listeners we have waiting for us in a Breakers Comsat. These are from episode 25, where we featured issue number 25 with guest Aaron Henley, codename Dead Meat. And I will take one from Anything Joe's. Anything who's Joe's. Who's in the chat as well. And Anything Joe's says... It would be reminisce of me not mentioning that issue nine is the issue you guys were talking about in the beginning of the episode starring Scarlet and Clutch. I know this because we just covered it. And yes, you did at the time. And I went and listened to that episode. Very fun episode from Anything Joe's. Yeah, we can easily recommend them. And yeah, we were, tr we were struggling to remember who she was teamed up with in that early, <laughs> early issue. And Anything Joe's came in with the Clutch moment if you will that's scarlet in the bikini yeah did so good call anything joe i remember yeah of course you do thanks for uh <laughs> keeping us straight on that and we appreciate your support of the show and and being part of it so thanks man and you know what our other comment is from someone who else who's in the chat we've got gi gary who says cobra la 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 <laughs> good listening Always enjoy a good dead meat meat shield. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Aaron was fun to have on, and we probably will have him back. And and Gary, we need to get you back. And anything Joe's, we need to get anything Joe's on the show. Yeah, I know we were talking to him, but... So, yeah, we just make all this happen. But thanks for your comments, everybody. And as a reminder, you can now call us and leave a voice message, and we will play it on the show. Just keep it clean and a decent amount of time. But that number you can call us at is 707-532-5269. That number is 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. We're all alone. So go ahead and leave us a call and a message. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, Not only on get show. your messages in, in the comments, but it'd be awesome to hear your voice on the show as well and be part of the show. You can make a call and request future guests or... Say something nice about guests of the past that you might want to see again, as long as it's not Weasel Skull. All right. Mm -hmm. With that, that's going to bring us to mission complete status of this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movie serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Cristados, where can they find that? Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. 
You can find it on the iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers out there. Or go to www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. If you'd like to chat with us online personally, we can be found at... Back to you, Pat. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared, where can they find you? I can be found at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. If you want to check out my artwares, it is theyardsaleartist.com. And I have a plenty of G.I. Joe drawings done on military manual book pages. So get some of that. This whole thing has just been a commercial for yeah. my website, folks. Thanks yeah. for hanging so in pick there. Up the phone. pick up the phone. <laughs> Place your order for some Joe art. Okay, thanks again for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles of Devil's Do Years. And thank you to the people in the chat that stopped by tonight and gave yes, us your thoughts you. and comments. It's so cool to see you guys out there and being a part of this. We love it. We we really do. So thank you for being a part of this sincerely. Yes, we love it. We will see you on the battlefield next episode. We will cover issue number 28, the beginning of a five-part story arc called Players and Pawns. Until then, Platoon Fallout. Yo, Yo Joe. Joe! I tell you what, pick up the phone, dial 707-532-LBOX and give us your best Yo Joe on the voicemail. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun too <laughs> to have a bunch of people doing Yo Joe. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at josephlin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. Kathy says she's coming for you, by the way. It's going to take you down as the oh. <laughs> leader of the Crusade <laughs> Network. Just don't tickle me. Ooh. That'll get me. They can find me at their local Captain D's. Captain D's what? Fish. Oh. <laughs> Do fish have nuts? These nuts. Even if you just call and say, pick up the phone. <laughs> we need the outtakes. That's and right. You can be a part of the outtakes. 